Thank you for tuning in to the Behavioral Wealth Consulting Podcast, where our mission is to help you change your behavioral decisions by improving your financial literacy. If you want to live a more fulfilling life and get on track towards your long-term financial goals, it requires changing behaviors, developing a plan, and prioritizing your financial decisions. Now to your host and certified personal finance consultant, Richard Maricut. Hello, thanks for joining me today for episode number 13. I am your host, Richard Maricut, where my goal is to help you change your behavioral decisions by improving your financial literacy. Uh, again, before we get started, just a reminder, I am not a financial advisor, and uh, this is for informational use only. Uh, always consult with your own financial advisor uh, before making any financial decisions based on your personal situation. Um, so today we're finishing up part two of the article called 20 Financial Mistakes That 30-Year-Olds Regret the Most, uh, again published by FitzVillaFuerte.com. Um, I'll be going over uh, number 11 through 20 on the list. Um, and if you haven't listened to part one, uh, you can search for it on my channel. Um, again, it, I reviewed the number one through 10 list. Um, again, not in any particular order. I think all of these make perfect sense. Uh, so again, you don't really have to listen to part one before listening to part two. Um, as a reminder, the article starts by saying that the writer asked the question, um, you know, what financial mistakes do you regret the most? Uh, and he asked this question to his friends, um, high school friends, college friends. Um, and here are the top answers. Uh, again, not in any particular order. Now, again, if you find yourself uh, committing any of these uh, mistakes, uh, then you may want to consider correcting them uh, before it's either too late or you find yourself uh, also regretting some of these decisions. So let's pick up. Um, so number 11 on the list, um, he says, I wish I hadn't stopped learning. Uh, he goes on to say, when I graduated college, I thought I had already said goodbye to the books and classrooms. Uh, now that I see my peers having better careers and higher paying jobs uh, because they continue to invest in their education through self-study and attending self-improvement seminars. You know, and I think this one's big. And, I, you know, since last year with uh, the COVID impact and a lot of the traditional colleges and schools moving virtual, um, I think it opened up a lot of eyes to the fact that um, in order to get an education, it doesn't have to be uh, the traditional brick and mortar uh, school, right? Um, there's a lot of information, a lot of free information online, um, either through YouTube, um, just random Google searches, or even podcasts like the one you're listening to today that provide a lot of good content information and educational information uh, that you can apply to your own situation. So I think this was a, a good one to call out um, because, you know, when you talk about you know, in improving your financial literacy, um, you know, those are that's a topic that isn't uh, commonly taught in school, regardless of the grade um, level. Right. And as we get older, I think we can clearly reflect back on our um, normal public education and realize that financial literacy isn't embedded or started early enough for us. Number 12 um, says, I wish I'd got into the habit of organizing my financial documents early. Um, he goes on to say, as weird as it sounds, I wish I learned how to properly manage my financial documents early. 
just a simple act of organizing my bills and receipts now allows me to monitor my expenses um, and not miss payment deadlines, which could be costly if you do. And so this is a great one. Um, you know, when I think about, you know, organizing financial documents um, at the umbrella level, I think about just taxes, right? Um, I know for, for many years early on, when I felt like I didn't have a lot to itemize when tax season came around, um, I would either do it myself um, or get someone I knew to do it for me um, because I felt like there wasn't enough for me to to itemize and or write off. As you start to get older and have more financial responsibilities and maybe you're in a position where you're investing, you have um, medical bills, maybe have a, a business, side business, um, I think getting the proper financial or tax consulting is something that, um, you know, I'd recommend at a minimum having conversations with a few tax advisors, um, because unless you know all of the um, uh, guidelines in your particular state, there could be ways that you can maximize um, your tax break um, with the more education that you know, right? And if that's not your specialty, um, you know, it makes sense to to get guidance from someone who who does specialize in that. The other thing that I found with with getting my taxes done um, through um, a company um, and using them year over year is that not only do you establish a relationship with that firm, um, but you're able to, as you grow your financial situation, as your financial situation changes, uh, your tax advisor can help give you guidance. Uh, to make sure that you're accounting for everything to, again, improve your um, your tax breaks, right? Now, from a budgeting standpoint, um, again, depending on your situation and how many um, additional documents uh, or receipts you need to capture, whether or not you have a side business, it may not be as complex. But what I would say is, you know, when you start getting into the habit of organizing your financial documents and, and or budgeting, um, it allows you to understand how much you're spending and that are the considered needs versus wants. Um, and when you have a good understanding of that, it helps you to reprioritize your spending habits, which ultimately has effect on, you know, your ability to meet your financial goals. So that was number 12. Um, number 13, I regret not learning about investments early. Uh, he goes on to say, I always thought investing is only for the rich, but I was wrong. Um, if I had learned about the stock market and mutual funds when I was in my 20s, I know I would have had um, enough capital now to start my own business and would have to take out loan, wouldn't have to take out loans to buy a car and a house. Um, you know, this is this is one again going back to the the education, the continued education. Uh, we're not taught this early on or early enough. Um, and, and because of that, we tend to follow habits or behaviors of people around us. And unfortunately, if those people around us are not modeling the financial uh, behaviors that you want to follow, then it's natural that you're picking up patterns and behaviors of your parents, um, you know, family, friends, siblings, things of that nature. Uh, again, that may not be aligned with what your new goals are. Um, so, you know, by having this one on the list, you know, if you do have children, if you do have a, a, a circle of friends, um, it's never too late to start educating yourselves, right? You don't have to go from, 
you know, not knowing anything about the stock market to all of a sudden being a day trader, right? But the more that you understand how our economy is influenced, um, I will tell you, it, it makes you realize how much um, our society and things that happen in our in our world Im- impacts um, your personal finances, whether that be increases in uh, the materials or products that you buy or the impact to your 401k, retirement accounts, etc. So learning about uh, investments um, and the, the factors that can impact your investments, uh, in my opinion, is just part of continued um, education and keeping your awareness up on, the, again, the drivers that impact the economy. Number 14, um, is I wish I didn't ignore the future financial needs of my parents. He goes on to say, I'm part of a sandwich generation and the health and medical expenses of my parents are making a huge dent in my finances. If I only had enough foresight that w- that this would happen, knowing that my parents failed to plan for their retirement, then I wouldn't be in so much financial difficulty right now. Um, and this is a tough one because, again, finances in general is probably one of the most um, least talked about topics at the dinner table or, or during holidays, right? Um, and, and if that's not an open conversation that you're having with your parents, uh, you may assume they may be in a much better situation um, than they are. And, you know, being totally honest, it wasn't until recently that I uh, started to have the conversation with, with my dad about, um, you know, his retirement just to make sure that um, I'm aware as as you know parents get older that if needed I'm able to support. Um, now, thankfully, my 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 parents and, and my dad being in the Navy uh, for for many years, retiring from uh, uh, school system in Maryland, um, he you know he's definitely built up his financial literacy over the years. And um, I feel is in a great position for retirement where this isn't much of a concern for me to worry about, uh, but for a lot of people it is, right? And so, uh, again, opportunity to insert the conversation with your parents to have an understanding of their foundation. uh, Because one thing that you don't want to happen is that you get surprised, um, you know, as they get older and may have to come to their support which could impact your, you know, everything that you've worked for. So again, having the conversation uh, lets you know where you stand on that. Number 15, um, I wish I had set a long-term financial goal uh, or goals when I was in my 20s. Uh, He goes on to say, my life priorities changed when my first son was born. Now I'm inspired and motivated in giving him a good financial future. But when I think about it, if only I had known about the importance of having a long-term goal a decade ago my i know my life could have been better today um that's that's impactful right um you know when i had when i had my first uh when i had my my daughter um i understand and can relate to the feeling of uh, having a completely different outlook um and as as parents you know we often want to make sure that our children have better than what we had. Um, and that goes beyond, you know, just the materialistic things or the education. Um, it's inserting the financial, uh, literacy conversation early on. So as they grow older, um, they're able to 
um, have a different appreciation of money and also make money work to their advantage earlier on uh, while they're younger. And as they, as they have that understanding early on, I think it helps, you know, them getting into financial debt, uh, later on in life. Um, so again, you know, I think this is a, a big one, especially again, if you, if you have a family, uh, it's never late, never too late to, to have that conversation, um, with the, with your kids. Number 16, um, I regret going into debt for a wedding. Uh, it goes on to say, um, you know, oh, to be young and clueless about life and love. Um, she said, me and my uh, spouse wanted to have the perfect wedding, so we removed all stops and spent more than what we could afford. The debt we incurred put a lot of strain in our relationship, which made the first few years of our marriage difficult. Um, and, and this is a sensitive one, right? Because everyone's going to have their own preference um, and personal outlook on wedding. You know, some people feel like they have to go all out because, you know, they're going to only get married once and they want everybody to be there. But the reality is after that date, after the wedding date, you and your spouse are responsible for, um, you know, the cost of that. Right. And so you may have, you know, put, you know, 20, 30, 50,000 plus into a wedding. Um, and then after that day, Yep, you're married and now you have to figure out how are you going to pay for that. And a lot of people are not thinking about how to pay it back. They're thinking about the day, which again is going to be a personal preference and can be a tough conversation. Um, but, you know, be mindful of that, that, um, you know, if you're just starting to, you know, a new life together, do you really want to start um, with being in debt and now having something new being a point of potential friction and making the relationship harder and um, stressful. Number 17, um, I wish I hadn't spent partying every weekend when I was in my 20s. It goes on to say, I used to spend every weekend in bars with my friends, drinking and partying all night. Now I regret not taking the time to travel and experience other things that life had to offer. I felt I wasted so much money on alcohol when I could have saved the money instead to see the world. A lot of us I know can relate to this one. Um, I can definitely relate to this one. Uh, when I was in my late 20s, early 30s, um, you know, every Friday night, Saturday night, I would, you know, be at the um, local restaurant or bars with friends. And, um, you know, that went on for, for a couple of years, you know, the, the best I can recall that. And I think the, the changing moment for me was, um, and I remember it like it was yesterday, I remember taking a look at my um, my bank statements and was just counting in in one month how many times I went to this particular restaurant that we would always hang out at after work, and I, I think I was spending anywhere from four hundred to five hundred dollars a month at the same restaurant, um, and, and I know it was alcohol, I know it was you know food I, I probably didn't need, but it was that environment. And then when I look back at it, I was like, man, $500 and $400, $500 a month that I was just blowing that to date, I have nothing to show for it. Yeah. The memories were, were good, but honestly, I don't remember every time I went right. But, um, you know, so I, I, I like this example because, you know, as I, um, coach people on improving their financial literacy and budgeting, 
you know, one of the one of the top reasons why I hear that people don't start investing is they they feel like they don't have enough money to or they don't make enough money to start investing. But if we you if you look at the spending habits, you'll often find that you do have the money to invest. You're just putting it in or spending it in ways that uh, would require behavioral changes in order to uh, reallocate those funds for investment as opposed to you know going out every weekend with your friends. And again, that takes effort that takes um, you know planning and you know being very strategic in doing so. Um, but oftentimes it's difficult again going back to the list of items that we, we talked about already. Um, if you're set in certain habits for most of your life, it's difficult to just switch it on. Um, but if you're listening to today's podcast, then, you know, I, I believe that you're in a position now where you're wanting to make changes and, you know, hopefully my, my podcast sessions and YouTube information content will help you get there. Number 18, um, I wish I didn't rush to buying a car. Uh, he went on to say, I wanted to keep up with my friends who were all buying their first car. So I took out an auto loan, which really hurt my finances. Um, I never properly planned that purchase and didn't realize um, until much later that the the car maintenance was very costly. If I were to do it all over again, um, I would have used the money to start a business instead. Um, you know, that's a that's a deep one. And again, one that I can relate to, um, you know, probably maybe a little less than 10 years ago, um, I bought I bought my first, you know, quote unquote luxury car. Um, I bought a BMW and, um, this is when I was single. So I felt like, Hey, I work hard. Um, I should, um, you know, reward myself. Right. Um, but, uh, what I realized when I bought that BMW is that the, the expense, the expenses and maintenance, you know, from the, the premium gas, um, simple, simple things like oil changes, a battery, you know, would, would be three to five times the amount of, of a normal, what I would say, normal vehicle. Right. Um, and again, this is a good example because a lot of people will buy for the brand, um, and not think through the maintenance and all the additional costs. And then that starts to get you more in debt because you're not able to keep up with, with the maintenance. Number 19, um, I wish I didn't ignore my health. Um, he goes on to say diabetes runs in my family and I was foolish to think that I won't get that until I'm old. Now, not only do I have it, but I also have kidney complications. If only I had cared for my health better, I wouldn't be spending so much on medicines and treatment. Um, you know, this again is, it was one that can impact people in different ways, but, uh, you know, the reality is, as we get older, um, you know, we're not as immune to things that uh, we probably were when we were younger. And, um, you know, assuming that, you know, you have health insurance, yes, that may help with, with some of the expenses, but, um, you know, there's still out of pocket costs that you may have to pay. So if you're not prepared for that, again, it could put you in, um, more financial debt because now you're having to take care of your health. And by doing that, you're having to spend money that you may not have. And last on the list, um, I regret shopping whenever I'm depressed or bored. He goes on to say, whenever I feel down, I'd go out and buy myself something nice, which felt good, but that feeling doesn't really last. 
After a few days, I'm back to being depressed or bored. I wish I discovered early on that the best way to deal with those negative feelings is to change your perspective about life and volunteering and activities that help other people. Um, you know, for me personally, you know, one of the reasons why I want to achieve financial freedom, um, first of all, is to be able to make sure that my family is is protected and cared for. But I also want to be in a financial situation where um, I'm able to give back more. I feel like I do some of that already, but I definitely want to take it to the next level uh, of helping a lot more people. And, you know, that takes money. Um, so, you know, the things that I do through, through the podcast and helping people improve their financial literacy and education, um, I'm also personally trying to get to a position where I can financially help, uh, give back to the community, um, and, and people in need. Um, so, you know, again, this one comes back down to behavior, right? Um, you know, if, if you're one of those individuals that, that does shop, um, when you're depressed or bored, Um, Again, it comes back to reflecting on on your behaviors and can you find additional outlets that outlets that gives you that satisfaction feeling or the feeling that you are contributing without having to put your own self in debt, which, you know, of course, that can um, recycle um, the the feeling of depression or um, being overwhelmed. Right. So. Anyways, um, that's it for today's podcast. I, again, I appreciate you tuning in. Um, as a reminder, if you enjoyed today's session, I'd appreciate you giving me a positive rating on whatever podcast platform you are listening to or listening on. Uh, it definitely helps me get my message out to more users to help improve their financial literacy. Um, and again, if you need help, uh, on getting started on improving your own financial literacy, or need some structure on how to get started with budgeting, you can visit our website at www.behavioralwealthconsulting.com for more information. And if you'd like to hear more about a specific topic on future episodes, uh, you can email me at behavioralwealthconsulting at gmail.com. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Behavioral Wealth Consulting Podcast. For more information on how we can help you design an effective financial strategy through behavioral changes, visit us at behavioralwealthconsulting.com.